happy Friday. It has been an insane week in the sports world. We said goodbye to legends in the coaching field. Bill Belichick, Nick Saban, and Pete Carroll all hanging it up after just decades dominating uh, the NCAA and the NFL. So uh, it's sad seeing them to go and everything, but hey, new generation is here. So going to be breaking down all that and what their retirement means, kind of with some, some leading candidates to replace them. And also, I mean, it's NFL wildcard weekend. The NFL wildcard is here. So much to talk about, so much to break down. And then the national championship, college football national championship happened this week. Michigan soundly defeated Washington in Houston. So we're going to be breaking all that down and more. But before we get started, make sure to follow the podcast on any platform, any streaming service, anywhere. Get the podcast at Gregory and Brock. So, I mean, let's just start with the major breaking news of the legendary coaching changes. Uh, first, uh, we had Pete Carroll uh, kind of not parting ways, but kind of ultimately both deciding that it's time to hang it up. I mean, he hasn't, he's been to two Super Bowls, won one, should have won a second one if you hand the ball to Marshawn Lynch, so that's going to haunt him uh, every day. But, uh, I mean, otherwise, national champion in college football with USC, is a lot of good for uh, the NFL and college football, just being one of the most dominant coaches of all time. But I was not a Pete Carroll fan. Uh, didn't like him at USC. Didn't like him in Seattle, especially when he beat my Broncos in the Super Bowl. And then, of course, I mean, when you're that good, you're not. People aren't gonna like you uh, for being that good. And then, kind of the ways uh, you cheat or whatever. But otherwise, great career from Pete Carroll. Uh, really. Really didn't mind him into his later years uh, watching these teams. I mean, did good with uh, Geno Smith and kind of with what he had. Didn't have much, but still got uh, to the playoffs and still got a lot of wins and was in contention for most of the year. So Pete Carroll uh, out in Seattle could stick with the team. And then uh, the other one, Nick Saban retiring. That one is just uh, the biggest in sports. I mean, yeah, Bill Belichick retired, but Nick Saban just still dominating. Absolutely tearing up college football still. Even this year when his team was down, uh, they beat the two-time defending national champion Georgia Bulldogs. No no one really thought they could do that with this team, especially early on. I mean, with Jalen Milrow as that quarterback and just uh, the non-superstars they had over there, but... Uh, seven national titles total, six at Alabama, one at LSU, uh, five times SEC Coach of the Year, and fifth all-time in career wins with 297. 28 years, man. Uh, just insane. 17 with Bama. Just uh, Nick Saban's the greatest college ball coach of all time. He, he is that good, and it, it just stinks that he has to go. Ha- honestly, happy. Honestly, Kind of happy for that uh, Oklahoma having to play him every year, but uh, Alabama, uh, it is a dominant powerhouse, the best football program in America with what Nick Saban built. So we'll see who the next guy is that has to go in. You, you really don't want to be that next guy after Nick Saban. You lose two games, they're going to be calling for your head in Tuscaloosa. So we'll see who they go after. We thought it was going to be Dan Lanning, which, I mean – Makes sense. He had a great year at Oregon, but he had a really good quarterback. And uh, you got a lot of money in Oregon. You, you got uh, a great program, uh, good facilities, 
And I, I don't see why you would leave Oregon, especially with Ben Grizzle coming in, who's a proven quarterback as well. So uh, that was a little confusing why he uh, would make that jump, but ultimately he didn't, and I, I see that. But I think kind of some of the leading candidates – Landing was number one, but Steve Sarkeesian, I don't think that happens anymore. I think if they had a down year at, at Texas and didn't do that good, I think he could. He probably would have made that jump. But since they made it to the college football national championship and he's already going to the or made it to the semifinal and he's already going to the SEC, I don't see the reason why he needs to leave Texas and go to Alabama. Uh, Lane Kiffin, I, there's so much baggage there. I, not 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 too much baggage, but I mean just the child's play and the just don't know what his next move is going to be because he kind of goes against the grain, does whatever he wants and all that. So you can't really trust him to do uh, what he's told or if he goes off the rails. Uh, so I, I don't think that's a great hire. Uh, I do like Lane Kiffin, and they're going to be really – I think they're going to be pretty good at Ole Miss this year. Uh, I think Ole Miss is going to be set uh, to kind of take on for the SEC championship. So I think they could be in contention. I wouldn't leave that spot. Uh, next, I mean, Dabo Sweeney, uh, he wanted to coach at Alabama. He wanted to be the predecessor for Nick Saban for years now. So I, I could see that happening. I know Alabama fans probably don't want that. I wouldn't want that, honestly. But I think Dabo Sweeney is definitely a leading candidate. And then Mike Norvell, uh, yeah, I mean, Florida State, uh, they did get DJ Ugalele, so could be good next year. But uh, definitely he, if he wants to go to the SEC and then – uh, Callen from Washington. They had a great year this year, made it to the national championship game, went undefeated, so uh, there's that. And then literally anyone else, uh, literally anyone. If you're a AD and you kind of like your coach and you've got some good recognition, bring the Brinks trucks because he's going to be offered from Alabama and you do not want to leave him. So uh, Nick Saban Kalnick uh, finally retiring at the age of 72 after six national titles at Alabama. Just a remarkable career, greatest college coach of all time. And then Bill Belichick uh, finally uh, kind of being forced to hang it up in in New England. Uh, 24 years with the Patriots, six rings, uh, two Super Bowl losses to the New York Giants, um, and then two two all, two more rings as defense coordinator for the New York Giants. So uh, overall, nine and three in the or six and three in the Super Bowl, uh, nine appearances, which is I mean most all time, and he's got six, which is. Just absurd. Uh, 266 career wins versus 121 career losses. 19 consecutive winning seasons and 17 divisional titles. So, I mean, uh, he is 15 records shy of the career coaching wins record, and I think that's what he wants to get. So, I see him going somewhere for two more years at least. It's got to be at least two more years for him to get this record. Um, the Bill Belichick, I mean, he had Tom Brady's whole career. Uh, I really was not a fan of the Patriot way. It, Patriot way was cheating. I mean, Deflate Gate, Spy Gate, and just uh, insane amount of luck to for their championships. I mean, Pete Carroll not running the ball. You got Adam Vinatieri. You got Tuck Rule. So I mean, yeah, he's one of the greatest coaches of all time. But he's also one of the luckiest coaches of all time. And uh, he cheated to get there a bunch of times. So um, Bill Belichick, though. I think he does stick around the sport and kind of coach a few more years to try to get that record. I think that's really what he's after. So uh, Bill Belichick uh, retiring. Three great coaches just retiring uh, within uh, 24 hours of each other. We needed Bill to retire yesterday uh, so that – or two days ago so that uh, they would all three go out on the same day, which would have been a national holiday. So congrats to their careers. 
the sport will never be the same without him. Uh, some other news around the sports world. Uh, Kawhi Leonard signed a three-year, $152 million contract for a player that does not play that much. Uh, see if he can stay healthy in the, in the NBA, especially in the playoffs. I mean, they got injured last year towards the end. Even though they're resting towards the end, they still got injured. Uh, couldn't finish out the playoffs. So, I mean, if Kawhi stays healthy, this is a good contract. But, I mean, they, he hasn't been able to at all. So, you're like, why are you paying this man this much? So, we'll see. We'll see what happens. But, uh, Kawhi Leonard getting paid. And then, sad news, Tiger Woods' 27-year partnership with Nike finally comes to an end. I mean, that's what he's been with Nike longer than I've been alive. Uh, the Tiger-Nike partnership, amazing. I mean, that's all I hit. Nike golf balls. Um, Nike everything for golf and then the Tiger Woods apparel. So we'll see, see what he does next. See if he goes kind of the Jordan Tom Brady route, making his own brand, TW brand, or kind of uh, seeing partnering with TaylorMade or Grayson. I like Grayson a lot, so uh, we'll see which one he decides to do. But, I mean, just 27-year partnership with Nike. Uh, remarkable there. It just kind of ended. Nike wasn't making as much money. Uh, with the golf, that's not what they were known for. Uh, they were more into running, and they had to put their focus back into running. And these other companies uh, are trying to go into golf. But uh, Nike just trying to get their foot back in with the running and track stars. Just weren't making enough in the golf world. So uh, that's kind of some major headlines. Uh, college Ball and National Championship uh, review real quick. Uh, it was a weird game to see. I mean... It was, it was a boring game. Uh, Washington had a few chances to kind of come back in and maybe take a lead. But uh, Michigan won 34-13, and quarterback play on both sides was atrocious, to say the least. I mean, J.J. McCarthy, 10 of 18, 140 yards, zero touchdowns, zero interceptions. I don't like watching these quarterback plays in these national championship games. I, I don't like how I've had to watch Mac Jones. Stetson Bennett, now J.J. McCarthy, win back-to-back-to-back national titles. That's not college football. That is, I hate that, seeing your quarterback getting carried by your defense and your running back game. So that, that was terrible to see. I was really disappointed with Michael Penix. I, I had Washington. I thought Washington won this game, how well they played against Texas. They could beat anybody in the country. Well, I mean, that's why they're a four seed uh, when they played their semifinal game. But uh, Penix was 27-51. 255 yards, one touchdown, two interceptions. And, I mean, just so many missed opportunities, so many missed guys in the open field, which he hasn't missed all year. And I was extremely disappointed in the Joe Moore offensive lineman in Washington. That was abysmal, the performance they gave up. Michigan D-line's good. They're not that good to be dominating that Joe Moore offensive line award winners. That, that, that was terrible football to watch. I mean... You dominate Texas D-line, which is supposed to be the best in the country. And then you go put a stink there. You can't guard anyone against Michigan. I mean, you're the best in the country. And you go out and just play terrible. Don't give Penix much time to throw. Penix still missed a lot of guys. But it, it was bad football, I mean, by Washington overall. Just all around. And no, no position played great. I mean, I mean, Odunza had his had his uh, catches, but I, uh, all, all the way around, it just terrible. And some of these stats, also, the fishing was bad. Fishing was just as bad as Washington's play. I, it, it seemed one-sided. Uh, Twitter was all over it, one-sided. I mean, the Sports Illustrated cover from the next game, 
from the next day that had Michigan as winners had an obvious hold against uh, that Michigan did against Washington on a touchdown win. And of, was it called? No, of course that wasn't called. So officiating seemed completely one-sided in this one. So many missed holding calls. I mean, I'm just watching. I'm seeing guys getting pulled down, and then Washington's having some iffy calls called against them. So I, it, it was bad. I, all around, it was a bad game for everything for college football. Uh, not fun, seemed one-sided, and just the officiating kind of ruined it, took the air out of Washington. I mean, on these some of these big plays, when Finnish was finally hitting guys, uh, it was called back for holding calls and or just uh, anything else. But uh, the, the only bright spot of this game was Blake Corum, 134 yards on the ground, two touchdowns on 21 attempts. So he is the best back in college football. He's, he's really, I mean, super good. Uh, expect him to go high and... Now I think the leading leading touchdown getter in Michigan history. So uh, congrats to Corum on that. Michigan had 303 rushing yards. I mean, have Washington never seen a HB dive before? Uh, I mean, Pac-12 was all about passing, but can you not line bring eight guys in a box or something? J.J. McCarthy can't throw the football. J.J. McCarthy cannot throw the football, and you're letting them run 303 yards up your gut? Ridiculous, but just terrible game plan what I saw from Washington. Uh, compared to Washington, 46 total rushing yards. 46. Yeah, that's not good. When you have a pretty good running back uh, with Johnson, I know he got injured in that last game, but he had 11 temps, attempts for 33 yards. I mean, they, they just couldn't do anything. Couldn't do anything. Adunze, uh, five receptions for 87 yards. I mean, Penix just filled the ball up to him, and he was getting the ball. But stuff was getting called back. You had a missed hold. You had a missed PI called on Michigan. So that was some of that as well. Uh, Washington had uh, 71 plays compared to Michigan's 57. But Michigan had 7.8 yards per play, while Washington had 4.2 yards per play. Just completely, uh, I mean, it wasn't dominant. Uh, it, it was a little dominant by Michigan. But, I mean, Washington still had more plays. They just couldn't do anything. So, uh, I mean, just didn't win the battle of the trenches. It was it was bad, bad football. Uh, third down, both teams were just terrible at this. Uh, or Washington, 2 of 14. 2 of 14. Michigan, 1 of 10. And then Washington was 2 of 5 on fourth down. So, uh, kind of like what we saw the last few games, uh, neither team can do much on third down, and uh, Washington couldn't take advantage of it. Uh but in those third and longs, and your quarterback can't throw the football, just throw the box. Uh, it, it, was, it, it wasn't great football to watch. It was 17-10 at the half. Both teams scored three points in the third, and then Michigan just outgained 14-0. They did get that uh, pick six that went basically to about the five-yard line late in the game, which pretty much sealed it. But Michigan D did shut down the number one passing offense and the number two overall offense, so give them credit there. But uh, I really expected more from Washington. And uh, – I, I do think there needs to be an asterisk next to this game for Michigan. Just cheating scandal. Harbaugh wasn't suspended for six games. Six games. Uh, there needs to be an asterisk to this game. And there was, it's no coincidence that this Michigan team won in Houston, home of the stealing Houston asterisks. So there's that. Um, I do – I think Harbaugh needs to leave and go to the NFL. Uh, I think he needs to get out of this and just head to the NFL for a few years, see how that goes, and then uh, come back to college. Uh, when you get fired there, but uh, I, I'd wait a little bit, see what opens up. Dallas loses, Harbaugh could go to Dallas uh, if they fire McCarthy. I don't know why Chicago's sticking with their head coach. Uh, the Chargers' job is really attractive. 
and we'll see what else open. I mean, Tennessee, uh, you got a young quarterback in there, but you're probably losing Derrick Henry. So see what ha- maybe Philadelphia has really got Jalen Hurts and some good wide receiver, uh, good core. But we'll see what happens after the playoffs, see where he goes. But I think he needs to go to the NFL. Um, both these teams, great season. Both these teams undefeated. I think Michigan will take a step back next year. I think especially with a tougher schedule, you actually have to play teams instead of just Ohio State. So they'll have to play a few Pac-12 teams. Well, they'll actually play again next year in the in the Big Ten. But I think both these teams are go- definitely going to take a step back, especially Washington. You're losing Penix, your, your top receivers, and uh, a bunch overall. So I don't see them competing for even a playoff spot next year. Michigan, I think they'll compete for a playoff spot. I just don't see them. Uh, I see it being close and don't see them competing for a national championship, though. So kind of want to see both these teams next year. Don't see either one of them really being back, just losing so much. All right, let's go into on this day in history before we break down the NFL wild card. On this day, 1930, Mickey Mouse comic strip first appears. And then 1784, the U.S. ratifies the Treaty of Paris, ending the Revolutionary War, where we all win. Y'all remember that day it was signed? We all lied back then? And then 1888, a National Geographic Society founded in Washington, D.C. I got happy birthday, Liam Hemsworth, Mark Antony, LL Cool J, and Jeff Bezos. That's on this day, sponsored by Hefner Eye Care, uh, located in Oklahoma City. Go check them out and uh, get your contacts, glasses, sunglasses, HefnerEyeCare.com. Alright, the NFL wild card is here. We got some games on Saturday. Some freezing games on Saturday. Uh, there's a cold one going on. Um, it, it was kind of um, uh, crazy how the Jaguars had a 98% chance of making the playoffs six weeks ago. They lose five of their last six and miss the playoffs. Remarkable, remarkable stuff. Uh, Eagles falling apart towards the end of the year. Uh, luckily, they've got a pretty easy... Uh, first game in the wild card. So I thought this game would have the first round bye, but or even a host a game. But no, they have to go on the road to Tampa Bay. Bills, I mean, won five straight uh, ever since the Sean McDermott comments, and they look phenomenal. They take the AFC uh, East and beat the beat the Dolphins, which I predicted. I said Buffalo's going to go down there and win, but uh, really remarkable stuff. Uh, by Josh Allen and this Buffalo team. I think Josh Allen is the second-best quarterback in the league right now behind Lamar Jackson. Uh, Baker Mayfield, redemption year, comeback player of the year, winning the division, and the Packers. They still own the Bears. Uh, Packers getting a win. I had the Packers going in and winning, getting that playoff spot. Jordan Love looks really good. All right, we got storylines for pretty much every game this year, or for every game this week. Uh, Let's start with the first game Saturday at 4.30 4.30 p.m. Eastern on NBC. The number five seed Browns at number four seed Houston Texans. Browns a two-point favorite in this one. I mean, this storyline is Deshaun Watson facing his former team. Sadly, Deshaun Watson, or luckily, we don't we don't like Deshaun Watson, but luckily he's not playing in this game. So who's really fu- – I, I really didn't see both these teams being a top five seed or Houston getting to host a playoff game. Remarkable stuff by D'Amico Ryans and C.J. Stroud. I mean, Offensive Rookie of the Year, uh, could have been MVP. He looked phenomenal this year. Um, CJ is special. Joe Flacco, elite. Uh, Joe Flacco getting this team uh, a bunch of wins and 
getting them to the playoffs when all hope was lost when Deshaun Watson went out. But Joe Flacco <coughs> has looked really good recently. Uh, Browns do have the more ex- more experience, and this deeply helps in the playoff situations. Experience uh, goes a long way in the playoffs. Stroud's got 4,000 yards on the season, 23 touchdowns, 5 interceptions. So he hasn't turned the ball over, and if he does, I don't expect him to. I mean, he, he plays like a vet, and as long as he just keeps the turnovers I mean, to zero, which is what he's been doing, I see they have a great chance at winning this football game. They are going against the number one overall defense, though, with that Miles Garrett and Cleveland Brown team. Uh, Amari Cooper and Nico Collins for both teams, uh, 1,000 yards receiving. Uh, Cleveland, 3-5 and five on the road, though. 3-5 and five is not great. Uh, it is. It does play to uh, Houston's advantage, though, because it's indoors and obviously at home. Cleveland is eight and one when they scoring when they score first though, and their offense really hasn't slowed down since Joe Flacco's been a part of this. Uh, Houston, I, I just think they're a little too young for this game right now. I, I really do like what they're doing. I mean, they were a fourth down play away from not going to the playoffs and this being at the Colts, but uh, I do like what Houston's doing and I like what Joe Flacco's been doing. So give me the Browns, get a win on the road, uh, twenty-seven to twenty. 27-25, we'll go, we'll go super, we'll go like that, I, right at the cover, we'll go, we'll go right at the cover, play it safe, right there, uh, a push, uh, and then the coldest game, what could be the coldest game on record, they're expecting, I think, a foot of snow, and minus 30 degree wind chill at uh, Kansas City, uh, Miami heads to Kansas City, Kansas City a four and a half point favorite in this one, I mean, honestly, if it's in the snow and there's no passing, this kind of helps Miami. I mean, they've got thousand yard rusher. Uh, they've got a chain, which is a phenomenal back as well, and it's gonna help this Miami team that has just collapsed over the last few weeks, which had sole control over this their conference or their division, but just blew it. Kansas City did already beat Miami, but that was across the pond. I mean, many many weeks ago, both have kind of struggled offensively the last few weeks, and. Uh, it's going to be a cold game. It's going to be a very cold game. So I don't expect offenses to kind of thrive in this uh, weather. Tua, who I thought could have been an MVP a few weeks ago, he's got 4,600 uh, 4, yards, 29 touchdowns, both quarterbacks with 14 interceptions. So we'll see how much they throw it. But, I mean, whichever quarterback has the most interceptions, that team's, their team is probably going to lose. And both these quarterbacks have turned the ball over a lot. Uh, but... Miami, just give the ball to Tyreek Hill. Just give the ball to Hill, man. He's got 1,800 yards on the year, and he missed the game. So give him the ball, and that is a that's how you're going to win. You have the number one offense versus the number two defense in the Chiefs. Both top ten in offense, uh, both top ten in offense and defensively. So super even matchup. Uh, but Miami's uh, under tw- held under 22 points the last three games. And Miami's not good on the road. Kansas City's really not that good at home. So we'll see how that plays. Miami, uh, they do get out. They do get out fast and hold leads at halftime. They're eleven and one when having a lead at the halftime. Uh, Miami just run out, run, run the ball uh, on this Kansas City team and kind of wear out that number one defense with uh, Mostert, who's got a thousand yards on the year. I mean, Pacheco's closing in on one thousand yards, but. Uh, wear out the number one defense, see how the weather is. It's going to be tough. Anything can happen in this game when there's that much snow and it's that 
cold. But uh, Kansas City, you got to get your wide receivers getting the ball early. You got to get it to Kameen Barnett or Scantley, Kelsey. Give it to everyone. Get them the ball and get them confident in catching. I think Kansas City wins this one uh, 24 to 21. We'll see how much snow is there. I, we'll see. If there's not that much snow, it could be this high. If there's a foot of snow, it may be uh, 6 to 3 or 6 to 5. I don't know. It's going to be something. There might be a safety in there. It's going to be that tough. But uh, that's my pick on taking Kansas City over Miami. All right, Pittsburgh at the Bills. This is the most lopsided game so far, or uh, Spread-wise, and I think will be the most lopsided uh, game. Pittsburgh at uh, Buffalo. This is Sunday at 1 p.m. Eastern on CBS. Buffalo, a nine-and-a-half-point favorite in this one. I think Buffalo is the hottest team in football right now. Even though it's going to be cold and maybe some snow up there, they are the hottest team in football. Um, Josh Allen's second-best quarterback, I think. I, he, he has that argument to be that right now. Maybe even the first, but I, I definitely – Lamar's number one, but – uh, Pittsburgh has looked better offensively the last few weeks. Uh, and don't doubt Tomlin. Mike Tomlin hasn't had a losing season. Uh, do not doubt Mike Tomlin when it comes to this and the experience he has in the playoffs. And <clears throat> this, you got TJ Watt on the other side. And here's an interesting stat. The last three times these teams have faced in the playoffs, the winner has gone on to the Super Bowl. It's a real stat. Real stat. So, we'll s- this game... You're betting money. Bet on one of these teams to go to the Super Bowl, or at least whoever wins it. Then you bet. Uh, Josh Allen, 4,300 yards, 29 touchdowns, uh, but 18 interceptions. Can he keep the ball on his team's hands uh, against this pretty good Pittsburgh defense? Uh, don't get sacked, and uh, I think he's done better the last few weeks. Make Let Josh Allen run the football. You, you win games. You look a lot better. And you, you win a lot better when you let Josh Allen run the ball on the ground. That, that, that's a good recipe for success, letting him uh, run it. Uh, Harris and Cook, uh, both 1,000 yards rusher for each team. So both these teams have a great ground game. Expect that to happen if it does. If it is as snowy and as cold as they say it's going to be. Uh, Diggs and Pickens, also 1,000 yard receivers. So both these teams are great running backs and great receivers on both sides. I mean, impressive Pickens got 1,000 yards. Uh, with terrible quarterback play all year. Pittsburgh, 27th, though, in uh, passing yards a game, and uh, also 27th in points per game, only give, only scoring 18 points a game. You're going to need more than that. Maybe not, since it's going to be so snowy. That's just what's so tough about these games. Uh, the weather impacts it so much. Uh, Buffalo, top five offense, top ten defense. But here... Pittsburgh. I mean, this is how they want. They're they're clutch. They're nine and two in one score games, while Buffalo is six and six. So I mean, could be switches Buffalo, and they could be maybe a one seed as well. So uh, just these one score games can go either way, and Pittsburgh knows how to win. Mike Tomlin knows how to win these games. Uh, Twenty three and snowy. I, I think it's still gonna be a little lopsided. Nine and a half might be a lot depending on how much snow they get. But give me Pitt or give me Buffalo. Sorry, give me Buffalo. Uh, Twenty seven uh, to eighteen in this one all right and then this game has interest to be very good uh, a very good game uh, this is sunday 4 30 eastern on fox number seven green bay at number two dallas uh, dallas is a seven point favorite in this one the second largest spread of any games this week love 
is proving he's worthy. Love proving proving worthy. <laughs> so uh, I do like what uh, Bryce Love uh, has done, and I uh, I think he's done he's done good. Uh, he, he looks really uh, sorry, not Bryce Love, Jordan Love, Jordan Love, Mike. Jordan Love has looked really good, and they could make a run in this game. Dallas has a history of losing these kind of games, and I don't, I don't trust Mike McCarthy to honestly do great and get a win. I, I don't trust his coaching ability to say, "Hey, Dallas has got this game handily. They, they got it super. They, they're gonna get it." But Matt Lafleur, I do like Matt Lafleur. He's a great offensive mind, and I think he's gonna dial up some plays, and uh, this team can definitely uh, hang in there. They do need defense to stop. Defense isn't that great, so they do need stops against this really good Dallas offense. Uh, I mean, Dallas could make a run this year. I, I do think Dallas can make a run. Uh, with CeeDee Lamb especially, who's the best, I mean, him and Tyreek Hill are the best receiver in the NFL this year. Uh, but just will Dallas choke? Don't know. They, they do most of the time. And how will Jordan Love handle his first playoff? How will he handle it? Uh, Dallas... Or uh, Dallas's Dak Prescott, uh, four thousand yards, thirty-two plus touchdowns. Or no, both quarterbacks. Sorry, both quarterbacks have four thousand plus yards. Uh, Jordan Love's got thirty-two touchdowns. Dak's got thirty-six touchdowns, but both have ten interceptions on the year. And both teams, one hundred twelve rushing yards per game. So really, don't see much, hear much about Aaron Jones in that Packers uh, ground game. But they do have a good ground game. Dallas. Um, Kind of step back a little bit this year from the ground game, but uh, they still put up good numbers. And they're number one in points per game, scoring 29.9 points a game. That is number one in the league. That is a lot of points in the NFL. Um, they're also fifth in total offense and defense. So this is the most rounded team. Uh, I mean, besides the 49ers, maybe the ja uh, Baltimore Ravens uh, in, the, the in the NFL. Uh, Dallas also it's it's super tough to beat them at home. They're eight no eight no at home, which is just remarkable stats uh, uh, throughout the year to hold that uh, ten and zero when scoring first. And this Dallas team, I, this is the year that they can definitely make a run. Do not choke this. I know Cowboys fans are just tired. They're ready to get over that hump of not choking in the first second round. Uh, gonna be interesting. Uh, the first playoffs without. Aaron Rodgers or Brett Favre in decades for the Green Bay Packers. So going to be interesting to see uh, what happens there, if they can get a bunch of wins. And uh, maybe it's the Green Bay way to just go uh, to the NFC uh, championship game. But uh, Green Bay, just keep Dallas off the field, keep that offense off the field. Uh, I just think Dallas is too much with CeeDee Lamb uh, and his 1,700 yards receiving. So give me Dallas 31-27. Uh, uh, to 20, uh, 31 to 27. So give me Dallas in the win over Green Bay. All right, two more games to go, and I mean this storyline as well. Matt Stafford heading back to Detroit for their first ever, or for their first home playoff game in, since 1993. Remarkable, remarkable stuff. Uh, this is uh, Sunday Night Football, 8:15 Eastern. Number six Rams at number three. Detroit, Detroit, a three-point favorite in this one. Um, Stafford returns home. Uh, Lions aren't rooting for him as much as they were two years ago. Uh, Lions fans don't want him to win this time. But uh, the first Lions home game, yeah, since 93, Puka Nakua, most receiving yards by a rookie in NFL history. Remarkable stuff there. Remarkable stuff this Rams team is even in the playoffs. 
I mean, a lot of doubt heading in. Stafford injured. Um, Cooper Cup injured. Uh, you got these young guys. Defense had some questions, but um, this, this Rams team looks really good. Sean McVay is one of the best in the, in the league. Uh, Jared Goff, 4,500 yards. Both teams do have a 1,000-yard rusher and a 1,000-yard receiver. So uh, offensively weapons, these teams are going to light it up. And you don't have to worry about playing outdoors. Uh, you get to play indoors for this one, which helps a lot for the offense. And I, I like both these teams offensively. I, I think it's going to be high scoring. Um, Detroit's got the number three offense, and the Rams have the number seven offense. So top ten offenses right there. Rams kind of been getting by the last few weeks. Uh, two one-point wins the last two weeks. Uh, Dan Campbell, great coach. Uh, don't bet against McVay. I think these are two 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 really solid coaches. I, I do like Dan Campbell a lot as well. I mean, they're screwed out of a win in Dallas to, I mean, even being a higher seed or even a one seed. So I uh, do like both these coaches. Detroit's 10-1 and one when scoring first. Uh, both, both defenses, here's what you got to do. Cover Puka if you're the Lions, and cover St. Brown if you're the Rams. That, that's what you got to do. Uh, and get to the quarterback because both these guys, too much time in the pocket, they're going to find their guys. Uh, so many so many weapons offensively. I just think you got to bet the over in this one up to 52. Uh, no weather in play. I, I like both these teams. Uh, give me Detroit 30-27 to 27 over the Rams. I like Detroit. And then finally, uh, num- Monday Night Football, 8 p.m. Eastern, and on Manningcast. Be watching on Manningcast. That'll be a fun one. Uh, number five, Philadelphia. At number four, Tampa Bay. Uh, Eagles, three-point favorites in this one. Uh, really like, uh, I mean, OU versus OU quarterbacks. So this is going to be a fun matchup for Sooner fans. Sucks they got to go against each other in the first round, but uh, it's going to be fun. Uh, the Eagles have just struggled for the last few weeks. I mean, they started 10-1. and They are now 11-6. and I, I don't understand how a team that is built that good can just lose so many games. And, I mean, not against great teams either. Just do a tush push for the whole 99 yards down the field. It can't be stopped. It's four yards every time. Do that the entire way if you want to win this game. Um... Tampa Bay looked really good. Baker Mayfield, 4,000-yard rusher, 28 touchdowns, but uh, they haven't looked as good offensively in the last few weeks. So it's going to be interesting to see who can score, who can actually score points, or if it's going to be a 6-3 a game, a 3-2 a game, 3 nothing game. But <clears throat> uh, no A.J. Brown, maybe. Don't know his status yet. Jalen Hurts obviously has that broken finger, uh, but shouldn't impact him too much. Brown, A.J. Brown's got nearly 1,500 yards, but he's kind of the reason this team's kind of been on the downfall, just his complaining even early in the season when he was getting the ball. So uh, that's a good receiver. But on the other end, you've got two 1,000-yard receivers with uh, Godwin and Mike Evans, uh, both 1,000 yards. Tampa Bay, though, 32nd in total rushing offense. You have to find a ground game against this Eagles team. It's a good Eagles defense, but... Uh, I mean, this Eagles team can do a lot offensively, so you have to have to find a ground game, run the clock, have some long drives. Uh, both defenses uh, haven't; they can be good or they can be really bad. But they both offenses can score when you need them to. We've seen in games both these teams uh, can call out the shots and get the ball downfield, but and get the stops when they need to. Uh, we've seen multiple times late in games, but. Can uh, Sirianni and Jalen Hurts play and coach like they did in the first half of the season? I mean, 
it's been a tough six weeks for them. But I, I don't see why not. It's the same it's the same team. Uh, I don't just get the mesh going, get it back to what it was looking like in the first half when you were ten and one. It's looking really good. Uh, Tampa Bay, uh, they only allow nineteen points per game while Philadelphia's allowing twenty five points per game, which is thirtieth in the league. Uh, I think it's going to be a dogfight. I, I think this is going to be a super close game that comes down to the final possession, and it may be super low scoring. Uh, Philadelphia is not great on the road. Tampa Bay is still not great at home. This one's a really tough one to pick because both these teams just, they haven't looked great the last few weeks, but I would not bet on this game. I would stay away from this game, uh, honestly, but I don't know. I It's a tough game to pick, but I, I think I'll go... I, I'll go with Baker Mayfield and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Why not? I'll go with them at home. I mean, they're riding high. Uh, they've won their division uh, for the last few years now, and Eagles are just falling apart. Don't know about A.J. Brown. Don't know about Jalen Skinner. So give me Tampa Bay Bucks winning this game and advancing to the next round. Baker Mayfield, magic. Let him bake. So, all right, that's my NFL picks. Uh, the first playoffs since 1998 without Tom Brady or Peyton Manning. Remarkable stuff. I haven't been alive that long. This is the first playoffs in my lifetime without Peyton Manning or Tom Brady in the playoffs. Crazy stuff. Crazy. So, alright, that's the NFL wildcard. Let me know your picks for the weekend. Should be, I mean, great storylines all around. So, uh, should be really fun to watch. Alright, let's head into my final segment. If you want to share my burger and brought with, I'm going to share my burger and brought with uh, Enjoy Vision. Uh, that's the letter N and then Joy Vision. Uh, located in Oklahoma City. I just had LASIK done uh, from them uh, earlier yesterday. So uh, the great procedure, great great staff. I mean, super welcoming, super friendly. Surgery took less than 10 minutes. Uh, everyone was awesome and just an awesome experience. Now I can finally see without contacts or glasses. I'm not wearing my contacts right now. I, I don't need them anymore. I'm done. Don't need the glasses. So <clears throat> shout out to Enjoy Vision. Uh, just a letter in and then Joy Vision. Loki in Oklahoma City. You can schedule your LASIK today. You call 405-725-2379. That's 405-725-2379. They also do more than LASIK. Uh, they do a whole lot. But uh, if you need LASIK done, go check them out. Uh, great price. Great people. Just amazing amazing staff great company at enjoy vision so all right thank you all for listening make sure to follow the podcast on any platform any streaming service anywhere you get your podcast at burger and brats and stay up to date with latest news on twitter instagram and youtube hopefully just watch live on millions.co at burgers and brats and check out the podcast website www.burgersbratspodcast.com thank you all for listening take care stay safe and stay warm